Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. How do you feel about sin? I doubt many of you listening to this are ones who joyfully wear your sin on your sleeve as part of your defining identity, as seems to be popular these days. Yet even if you don't sing about your sins from the mountaintop, do you internally identify with your sin? Do you see yourself as a sinner? And does that define you? As St. Paul rattles off that long list of sins, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and he makes it clear that's not an all-inclusive list. Do you find a sin in that list that torments you? Something that St. Paul says is going to keep you from inheriting the kingdom of heaven. Why do you dislike sin? Is it because you fear eternal damnation? Being somehow eternally cut off from the light and life of God? Or alternatively, as some orthodox theologians have suggested, that if we are unprepared, that being in the presence of God's very light and life may feel like a burning fire unpleasant and overwhelming rather than feeling like a pleasurable, wonderful homecoming. Either way, I can imagine for many, including myself, that being separated from God eternally is a powerful motivator to be concerned about the effects of sin on our lives. But if all we're concerned about sin is in respect to how it will affect us in the future, then we are helping the devil to win. In the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself gave to us and that Christians have passed down to each other over the centuries, we say, thy kingdom come. We are asking the Father that his kingdom, God's kingdom, come now. When we say thy kingdom come, we aren't asking that the apocalypse happens today. For just after that, we say, we, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are asking that God's kingdom be made present in the here and the now, not in some future time, although we're asking that too. So if we want God's kingdom to come now, if in other words, we want to inherit God's kingdom in the here and now, and we know from St. Paul that if we're sinning, then we can't inherit the kingdom then we aren't potentially only hurting our eternal future, but we're missing out on the glorious kingdom of God today, right now. So what are we doing that makes us miss out? Well, I guess it should be obvious by now that sin has something to do with it, but that's only scratching the surface of something much deeper. Because doesn't St. Paul himself tell us that we've been freed from sin by Christ? Indeed, in Romans 8, 2, he says, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And yet, we're not free. And instead, the problem is because we're not set free because the problem's in us, 
because we all too often continue to let sin control us. How do we let sin control us? Well, beyond the acute committal of that sin and the damage it does to our relationship with God and the people around us, we let sin control us when we fear that others will find us out and learn that we're not the wonderful people that we try to portray to them. We let sin control us when we feel overwhelming shame. Anytime we believe that we're irredeemable or become depressed about who we are when sin is not what defines us. Those things are all Satan's plan to make us feel guilty so that we don't confess, to make us feel shame and hide our sins or become despondent that we can never conquer them. That's what the devil hopes to accomplish. He thereby keeps us from admitting our wrongs and receiving God's forgiveness and hope. Here's what St. John Chrysostom said about this. Pay attention carefully. After the sin comes the shame. Courage follows repentance. Did you pay attention to what I said? Satan upsets the order. He gives courage to sin and the shame to repentance. So it is a clear part of our battle to turn everything on its head and not allow Satan the victory. We must not allow shame or despondency to keep us from bringing our sin to the light where it can be destroyed. But how do we do this? Well, we must follow, as we noted St. Paul in Romans 8, 2, to follow the law of the spirit of life, by which St. Paul tells us that we have been set free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Or as St. Paul tells us today, we must walk in the spirit. That's what he says right before he rattles off that long list of offenses. So how do we accomplish that? How do we walk in the Spirit and follow the law of the Spirit? To do so, we have to turn our lives on their heads. What we are hearing is that we must stop focusing on the sin. I'm not saying we should ignore the sin, but we need to put first things first. We cannot put sin first in our lives, even if it's to get rid of it, and expect that we will somehow be putting God first in our lives. Even if we think we are just putting that sin first in our lives so that we can merely focus on destroying it, we are not approaching the problem in the right way. We must stop thinking of ourselves only as dust that shall return to dust. We are also the dust that God himself breathed life into to create us in his likeness and image. So we must start by appreciating that image and likeness to God within us. We need to focus on that. We need to nourish that likeness and image. When we begin to appreciate the beauty of God in ourselves, we will no longer be ashamed of our sin. When we appreciate the image of God in ourselves, we will no longer be despondent. When we appreciate our likeness to God, we will not be afraid to bring even our worst parts into that light. When we do this, we will be starting from the place that St. Paul is asking us to start from today. We will be walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God breathed into that dust, into humankind, when we were created and further infused into us at Pentecost in our baptism and chrismation. It's time for us to begin to walk as the sons and daughters of God that we were created to be. When we do this, we will no longer identify with the dirt where Satan crawls on his belly and eats of the dust all the days of his life. We will identify with the light and liberty of God. 
Yes, we are still dust, and to dust we shall return. But our perspective has changed. We now walk as renewed and blessed dirt, dirt that's been redeemed, dirt that our God himself was unafraid to wrap himself in, either in the flesh of the incarnation or the dirt of the tomb where his cold, lifeless body lay, dirt that, like his dirt, will be raised again, dirt that will be renewed and recreated, rich dirt upon which the word of God will fall and produce a hundred, sixty, or thirtyfold, rich soil that will one day give back more than it had been given in the very presence of God. It's that very dark dirt that Jesus Christ used to redeem us, and it's the same dirt in which the fruit of the Spirit will grow if we give it the right nourishment. This is such good news. That is the promise of God, and we see it not just in St. Paul's words or in Jesus' words, but in Jesus' actions too. Today, in the gospel passage, Jesus encounters ten lepers, terribly disfigured by their disease as their flesh loses sensation, gets injured from just ordinary life. It becomes infected, is rotting away. The stench would have been revolting. That's why they stand afar off. Leading those afflicted by leprosy to be socially outcast, to be treated like dirt by everyone. And yet Jesus approaches them with respect and love. And when they cry out, as we do at every Mass, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us, Kyrie eleison, he says for them to go show themselves to the priests. In that moment, they must make a choice. Outwardly, nothing has changed. Perhaps they're skeptical. Perhaps they think these are just pleasantries from Jesus, a mere sort of kindness with no real effect a way of Jesus expressing his sympathy. Yet it is instead a call for them to walk in the Spirit, to walk in faith towards a renewed and restored life. But will they? For these people afflicted with leprosy, they have every reason to be despondent, every reason to be depressed, to see their disease as a consequence of something they had done to hurt someone else and, to do, and that they should do nothing, for there's no hope for them. They had every reason to doubt they were worth loving, to doubt they were worth redemption, to doubt that there was any hope. But remarkably, every one of them listened and took that action to go and show themselves to the priest. And along the way, they were healed. And the one who likely thought himself the most abased, the one who most of Jesus' fellow Jews would have thought was indeed no better than dirt, the Samaritan, was the only one who turned back to thank God. Brothers and sisters, look around. We are all sitting in our empire of dirt. Jesus is calling us to show ourselves to the priest and heal our rotting and stinking flesh. Will we be able to stand up and go? Will we be able to walk in the spirit? Or will we continue to identify with the dirt? I pray that we will stop identifying with that dirt, stop identifying with our sin, identifying with Adam and Eve. Instead, identify with our redeemed and resurrected dirt, our post-resurrection bodies that are redeemed and restored by Christ, that has turned that dust into that which will nourish the plant that will grow into the fruit of the Spirit, and that we will identify the image and likeness of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ our Lord within us, for this is God's kingdom come. 
His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, here and now. You, my brothers and sisters, are God's sons and daughters. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Jesus sees through that veneer of dirt right to the core of his own beautiful image which he endowed you with and has been fighting to restore you to ever since. He has not and does not ever want you to be defined by your sin. He wants you as he created you to be defined by him instead. So now go forth and live such. Go forth and walk in the spirit. See yourselves as the children of God that you are. When you do, that old dirt will fall away and the image of God will be revealed. You are dust and to dust you shall return. But I pray you won't return as the same dust you started as, but as a sanctified, renewed soil that has given strong root to God's spirit, bearing fruit all around you in God's kingdom in the here and now, saving you not only for all eternity, but that today, tomorrow, and for all the days of your life, you will already be experiencing the joy and warmth of the wedding feast in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.